What is good, everybody? We are back with episode eight of Red Hot Takes. I'm obviously your host, Tyler Jacobsmeyer. Jared is unfortunately not with me again today. Um, just conflicts are a bitch, I guess. Not much else you can say about it. Um, moving on to what is important. I touched on it at the end of last episode, but we are officially within 100 days of NFL football or college football, football in general. It doesn't matter. We're just we're we're fucking close. We're close enough to where I can finally start talking about it. And like this is what I've just been dying to talk about. I just I love the NFL. I love college football. Um, Missouri Tigers. Let's fucking go. So we're gonna start there. We're gonna start with the Missouri Tigers. Um, I'm excited. There's there's not much else you can say, but I am fucking excited. I mean, Eli, you have done everything possible to bring hope to the Missouri Tigers once again. I mean, it might be false hope. It might be stupid hope, but I have fucking hope. Connor Bazelak looked really good last year for a freshman uh, quarterback, and so I'm really excited to see what type of improvements he's made from last year into this year, and we don't have to play LSU this year. We don't have to play Alabama this year. We're not playing Auburn this year. We get to play Texas A&M. I mean, that is a very difficult school to beat. But they lost Kellen Mond. They're starting a sophomore quarterback now that hasn't played before. And we do get to play Texas A&M at home. Uh, I mean, the hardest game on the schedule is Georgia. But, I mean, we've only beaten Georgia once. And when we beat them, we beat them in Georgia. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to beat them. They got JT Daniels. They're going to be really good. But, I mean, I'll read through the schedule. This is my expectations for the Missouri Tigers this year. Central Michigan, win. At Kentucky, it's going to be a fucking dog battle. It's the second week of the season, but I think we, I mean, we have to win that game. South SEMO uh, versus Mizzou. That's a walkthrough at Boston College. Needs to be a walkthrough. Tennessee at home. We, we match up pretty well with Tennessee. Tennessee lost three players to Oklahoma due to the new transfer rule. Um, I mean, Missouri's lost a couple of players from that as well, but I think that we're just a better coach team. And I, we always handle Tennessee pretty well. I mean, even last year, I think they beat the shit out of us for like the first time. But in the beginning of that game, like we kind of just handed them that game. They, we made so many mistakes. There was a terrible call on the goal line that I thought shifted the entire game. They got stuffed and they didn't review it. Um, but I, I think ten, I think Mizzou's going to come back with a large amount of revenge this year, looking to collect that first dub for Bayslack versus Tennessee. Then we get to play North Texas at home. That should be a walkthrough win. And then we play Texas A&M at home. This is the one, probably the second biggest game of the year. Um, I I, I want to say win. Oh God, this this is so hard. I my Mizzou fandom does not allow me to say that they're going to lose a game. We're going fucking twelve and zero this year. Uh, but realistically, if I'm taking out all my fandom, I'm going to say. We go nine and three this year. Uh, I think that would be considered a very successful season. I I would rather see ten and two, but I think nine and three is a little bit more realistic. I think you lose one of the games at home between Tennessee and Texas A and M, unfortunately, um, and then I do think you lose that game against Georgia, and you also probably lose the game against Florida. Florida's kind of really starting to catch their groove again, become a top team in the country, and I think that that might become a big problem for us when. Uh, it's really just been Georgia since we've been in the SEC East. We haven't really had to deal with a dominant Florida, and hopefully that stays the same, but it does kind of seem like Florida is starting to kind of catch their tracks, 
and uh, probably become a prominent uh, college football program again here pretty soon. Moving over to the SEC West, um, I mean, there's not much. I think it's going to be pretty washed. I think Texas A&M will definitely get second, uh, but I think that just Alabama. Uh, college football has a real problem on its hands uh, that kind of the NBA has as well, and I mean, soccer does a little bit, but not nearly as much because so many crazy things can happen in soccer. Where just like, I mean, you have these top teams that just finish in the top every single year. I mean, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. It's getting extremely repetitive. Uh, People are getting really tired of seeing the same matchup in the college football playoffs. I actually, I've had an idea. I kind of like it. Um, I think that they should put kind of a point system on the recruits, obviously. And I think you should have like a, a max of how many like points you can accrue to where like you can only have so much talent on your roster. Now I get it. People are saying, you know, the best players, they want to go to the best teams. They should be allowed to have the best training facilities and all that. But I mean, Mizzou and Alabama, now they don't have exactly the same training facilities, but those are top tier training facilities. Nine 99.9 percentile. If you go to a top 50 college football program or even probably more top 30 to top 40 I mean you're having unbelievable training facilities with unbelievable trainers you're still your program churns in so much money that you have all these great things and I think for the game and growing the game it would bring so much good uh disparity to the to the college football playoff you know you wouldn't have nearly as many just dominant teams because they just can't recruit every single five star it's just it's getting kind of ridiculous but anyways I think Alabama's going to win that division. Um, I do think that Georgia's going to be winning the SEC East, and I will take a little bit of a flyer here. I'm going to be taking Georgia to win the SEC over Alabama this year. They had that chance a couple years ago, blew it. JT Daniels is a fucking unbelievable quarterback. He was at USC, good there. Uh, they Once they put him in last year, he was unreal, and they were one of the best teams in college football. So I do think that uh, Georgia versus Alabama in the SEC next year, and Georgia is going to be winning that. Uh, Moving on to the Big Ten. The Big Ten is just kind of one of the stupidest. I mean, it's the same as the SEC. These these conferences set up their leagues so dumb. I mean, why do you have all of the good teams in one side except for, like, one good team? I mean, Ohio State, Indiana is going to be a really good scrappy football team. They're starting to get a lot of recruits. People really, really like that coach they got there and the energy that he brings. And I think that attracts a lot of players kind of like what coach drink is doing at Mizzou. I mean, when you just, when you're so energetic and you have so much like energy, people just, they, they attach to that, especially younger kids, guys with paychecks that they don't really care about the energy, but in college football, when you're not getting paid and it's a grind, you need that, that guy that can push and motivate the players to to really get after it and I think he does an unreal job um, I think Penn State will have a bounce back year a little bit I also I hope Michigan has a bounce back year I'm kind of I, I secretly like Michigan a little bit I always root for him a little bit over Ohio State never ends well but again I mean Ohio State's going to win that division there's just uh, I think Indiana probably has the second best chance of winning that division but I mean I just don't see anyone being able to handle Ohio State it's just it's very repetitive. Uh, Big Ten West, it's going to be Wisconsin. I mean, Northwestern, they lost a lot of their good defensive players. They're going to have a trouble, you know, bringing guys back in to replace those dudes. Iowa's always a scrappy team that might be able to make it far. They're always got the great fundamentals, the great run game, great offensive, defensive lines. Uh, but I just, I think Wisconsin, they got 
that quarterback that wasn't able to play very much last year. I can't think of his name, like Grant something. Uh, you know, the five-star recruit, supposed to be all that in a bag of chips. And so I just expect Wisconsin to maybe make a bounce back year. And hopefully they can give a battle against uh, Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. I actually think that they might be able to. You got to be able to score with Ohio State. And if you got a five-star quarterback, hopefully you can stay up scoring with Ohio State. So uh, look for Wisconsin this year to maybe sneak into that playoff. Uh, I really like them. Uh, Moving on to the Big 12, Oklahoma, they are the preseason number one ranked team in the country. Uh, I mean, they're getting all these dudes from Tennessee, like I said earlier. Uh, And uh, Lincoln Riley is just such a good head coach. And I actually think it is time. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out now. I was going to wait till I went through every division and every league. I actually think it's time for the Oklahoma Sooners to finally reach the pinnacle of college football again. It would be a massive thing for college football. Finally get someone new winning a title recently in the past 10 years. Oklahoma, just a major, major college football program. And I think that they're starting to realize that they needed to be, build that defense up. I think the defense was a little bit better last year. Um, but they just they couldn't find the quarterback that they needed, and I think this year they they got it. They're gonna be great, and you know there's just not nearly as much competition. I mean, Iowa State they're gonna be good. They always seem to cause a little bit of trouble, and Matt Campbell's a great coach. But uh, I just think talent wise, Oklahoma. You know, I mean, when you're recruiting the best guys, like I said, when you can just take the best guys and best guys, it usually works out pretty well when you have the best coach as well so look for oklahoma sooners they're making the college football playoff they're winning the college football playoff next year um i will get you that line real fast and finally the pac-12 uh oh shit i forgot about the acc acc miami hurricanes baby fucking love the hurricanes this year i'm taking a minus 125 to win their division uh north carolina is probably the only other team in that entire division that really does have a good chance at winning it, but I mean Miami, they're bringing back Derek King for like his seventh year of college football. They're starting to recruit extremely well on the defensive side. They're starting to get those top recruits again. I think it's gonna be another couple of years, but Miami does seem like they're starting to slowly build back up. They always pop back up every ten to twenty years, and it's about that fucking time for the Canes to take back over college football. So I would love to see Miami win that division and end up playing Clemson in the ACC championship game because, of course, Clemson's going to walk through that division. And uh, I still think that Clemson's going to be too good for him this year, but I'm looking for Miami to that probably be their only loss of the entire season. And even if they lose to Clemson in that game, hopefully they can still squeak into the college football playoff. Uh, that's another thing. The college football playoff really, really needs to switch to eight teams. Now, the game's not like the one will probably kill the eight and the two will probably kill the seven. But at least you'll have team, different teams in it to have a chance. I mean, football is one of those sports where, like, the best team doesn't always win. It actually like can happen. Like, there are off days. There's guys that play bad. Quarterbacks have off days. It can happen. And there's only one game, and then you're knocked out. So I would love to see. I mean, sooner or later, you know an eight seed is going to win. I mean, it's not going to take that long. An eight seed will beat a one seed, and it will be electric. And you'll have teams like Cincinnati and UCF and these very small schools that earned a spot probably in the champ like even if they're not good enough and everyone knows they're not good enough Cincinnati was they earned a spot last year they 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 earned it and like Coastal Carolina they earned it like they earned a chance to play against the big boys and ha- just get fucking murdered just like get torn apart probably but 
there's that chance. And like that is just that's such a great thing about sports. And it just seems like it's kind of ripped out of college football with only accepting the top four. And they favor the big league schools so much more, which they should. But I just I would love to see Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati and schools like that and UCF. If they go undefeated, they get that chance just because like that's all you can ask for. You just want the chance to play against the best of the best. And they're not giving that opportunity to teams that completely deserve it. Sorry for the side tangent. Kind of lost my role there. Anyways, uh, Miami. I mean, I I almost forgot they are playing uh, Alabama week one. So they might be losing more than just that one game. They might be losing to Alabama week one as well. But if you're ever going to have a chance at beating Bama, it's not going to be week one because Nick Saban's going to be preparing for you for four months. So good luck to Miami. Good luck to De'Ara King. Maybe they can pull that game off. If they do pull that game off, that will be the official we are back moment of the Miami Hurricanes. So I, that would be fucking awesome to see. Uh, but even if they did lose that game to Alabama and then they lost to Clemson, they could still they would still be in that top eight. So if they expanded the playoffs, they would make it. Of course, that's not going to happen this year. Moving on to the Pac-12. This is just, the Pac-12 is so fucking boring. Um, I mean, USC, they're the most overrated team all the time. I love USC, but I mean, they're top 15 every year. They can't figure out their offensive line, and they always have good quarterbacks. They always have good wide receivers, but if you don't have an offensive line that can protect your quarterback or help you run the football, you're just not going to be good. I mean, they're returning four offensive linemen this year, so hopefully a little continuity will make them better, and if they are a better football team on the offensive line, I do think that they will win that uh, league completely. If they aren't a better team, on the offensive line, and they're the same last year. They're going to end up losing two to three games, and Oregon is probably going to walk away with uh, that. So if I had to guess, I would say college football playoff this year will be um, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. And I'm going to say Oklahoma is going to be winning it. Um, and hopefully the Missouri Tigers can go 12-0 and uh, force me to be wrong there. Let's fucking go, Tigers. Now we're moving on to the NFL. Uh, this is my bread and butter right here. I love college football, but the NFL is my life. I have spent so many hours of my life watching just highlights and fucking film and how to read shit and just like stupid stuff that is so useless just because it's the NFL. Um, I just cannot wait for it this year. There's so many things to look forward to. We got so many new young quarterbacks and just so many quarterbacks in new situations. Um, I mean, there's a lot of over-unders for team totals that I really like this year. So that is where we are going to start in the NFL. I have about nine team totals out of the 32 teams that I feel really good about. I'm guaranteeing a positive record in this department of my picks i'm not always the greatest picker for day-by-day games but for the whole season i feel like i can get a pretty good feel so to start us off we're going to say colts over 10 wins plus 115 i mean they won uh they went 11 and 5 last year with philip rivers as their quarterback and you know there's a lot of hate on carson wentz but carson wentz played his best season by far under frank reich they got a good offensive line. They have a really good running game. They have a very good defense. All of the things that Carson Wentz needs, they have. 
And like I said, they went 11-5 and five last year. There's an extra game on the schedule this year now. That whole 17 games is really going to fuck with my head when I'm talking records. And so I just think I think 11-6 and six is a very doable season this year for the Colts. I think they have all the pieces. And if Carson Wentz can put together, I mean, Phillip Rivers wasn't any killer last year on the football field, and they still found a way to win 11 games. So I think taking the Colts over 10 is great money. I just think there's a lot of doubt out there on Carson Wentz. I hate Carson Wentz. I've hated him. But I do think in this particular situation, he is going to find some success with the Indianapolis Colts, and he's going to kind of turn his career around and really change that narrative back to, like, can Carson Wentz become a franchise quarterback again? Uh, My next one, going the complete opposite. This team is dead in the water like they always have been and always will be. I'm taking the Lions under five wins. Um, I mean, they lost Kenny Galladay. They lost Matthew Stafford. I, I just don't see how they win any football games next year. I mean, they're just they're, there's no talent on that roster. I, there's just nothing. I mean, there's not too much else to say. I, I don't know. I mean, I could sit here and talk about some of their players, but they're all bad, and I just think it's pretty simple. They're going to probably go 4-13, and 13, maybe 3. And, God, that's going to fuck with my head. 3-14, and 14, whatever, like however many games. Uh, next one. Cowboys under nine and a half. I am a Dak hater. I do not like Dak Prescott. I do not believe that he is a good quarterback. I will say it right here, and I will say it at every time. He is very overrated. I think he's the most overrated quarterback in the league. He collects all of his stats against shitty football teams and plays all of his worst games against any team that's ever been good. If you go look back, I mean, two years ago when he played a full season, he went uh, six and two against are 6 and 0 or something like that against people that didn't make the playoffs and he went 2 and 6 against teams that did make the playoffs had like 40 touchdowns or like 20 touchdowns and one interceptions against the teams that didn't make it had like an 8 touchdowns eight interception ratio against the teams that did make it he just he kills the co- uh, competition that's not as good and he feasts on them and then he struggles against the good competition i expect that to continue i don't see it ha- changing uh, I mean, the Cowboys, their offensive line used to be the most dominant in the league. It's starting to get pretty fucking old. They already had, I believe, they had their center retire this offseason. And so, I mean, in the beginning of the year, they might be looking good. And everyone might be like, oh, watch out for the Cowboys. And you might say, TJ, you're fucking wrong about this pick because they might start the season off. They might even beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week one. I think that's a very high possibility. I mean, everyone's rested. Everyone's healthy. They do have a very explosive offense. But as the season goes along and those offensive linemen, the old asses, they will get injuries and they will get banged up and they will not be moving as well. And as soon as the offensive line doesn't move as well, Dak Prescott is not the same quarterback. And I just expect that to continue. I see the Cowboys going nine and eight this year, just right under that nine and a half win total. Uh, That under nine and a half is minus 130. So there Vegas is showing you. I mean, everyone talks about the Cowboys, but they still don't have any faith that they're going to be that great of a team team that I do think is going to be really good this year Rams over 10 wins minus 130 um, I mean they do play in probably one of the hardest divisions in football Seattle Arizona San Francisco all good 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 football teams um, I think Arizona might be making a little bit of a step up this year if Kyler Murray can make a move or two and become a little better but I mean Matthew Stafford finally going to be on that that good team that he's been waiting for his entire career Sean McVay's gonna get him to be able to play great this year. And, you know, as we go through my all my other things that I have, all my other futures, you are going to see how much truly I do like the Rams. 
I love them. I love who they have on their team. I love players for individual awards, everything. I love the Rams this year, over 10, minus 130. Um, I also like the Bucks over 11.5, minus 125. Even though they won the Super Bowl last year, they do have like the 29th hardest schedule. So they have like the fourth easiest schedule in the entire NFL this year, strictly because they do get to play the NFC East all again this year, who all had terrible records last year, obviously. But I expect that to kind of continue this year. And, you know, just more continuity, another uh, whole offseason together. Now they get all OTAs. They only brought in people. They didn't lose anybody from the Bucks. I expect them to go over 11.5. I expect a 13-4 and four season. Uh, specifically, that is my prediction for the Bucks. And I think that over an 11.5 is pretty, pretty comfortable. I think 12-5 and five is, or 11-6 and six is almost, like, impossible. Uh, that's, like, the worst-case scenario for the Bucks this year is 11-6. and six. So... Take the Bucks over 11 and a half. Another one, Patriots over nine, minus 134. Bill Belichick not having two losing seasons in a row. Just not going to happen. They got all those defensive players. I mean, they went seven and nine last year with no one on defense. I mean, they didn't have Dante Hightower. They didn't have fucking uh, the court uh, McCourty twins. Like They didn't have anybody last year on the backside of their defense or on the front side of their defense. They got all those guys back. Added some dudes in the draft. Um, I think Cam Newton's going to start this year, which I don't necessarily love, but I'm not too keen on Mac Jones starting at the beginning of the year either just because I don't think he will be able to handle how uh, difficult the Patriots playbook is to learn that fast. So I do think, especially at the beginning of the year, Cam Newton's still a little healthy, kind of like the Cowboys offensive line. You can catch a couple good games out of him at the beginning of the year, and hopefully once he starts to deteriorate, maybe – he gets injured, which would be unfortunate. Obviously, not wishing any injuries on anybody. But if he did have any injured five or six weeks in, I do think that would make Mac Jones slightly more prepared and in a better situation to come step in and maybe take over for the rest of the season. Maybe kind of like a Tom Brady esque takeover in the middle of the season and carry the boys to an over nine minus one thirty four and hopefully into the playoffs. Another one. This is. Uh, kind of going off that old quarterback type thing, just not being that good. Saints over nine wins plus 105. I mean, if you watched the Saints last year and like you really watched the Saints and you weren't just blindly watching them, you realize how bad Drew Brees was. I mean, the dude could not throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. You looked at teams' defenses, the way they were set up. They were just literally just laughing, just being like, yo, try and lob the ball over. Drew, we dare you. Like no one went deep. It was just, it was so easy to read. And now they do have Jameis this year. I'm expecting Jameis to have a massive season, a great season, actually. Make them the playoffs as a wild card, probably, definitely as a wild card, because I think the Bucs will still be winning that division. But I do think that the Saints could win 10, maybe 11 games this year. I mean, everyone saw last year, Tom Brady struggled at the beginning of the year in Bruce Arians' offense, throwing interceptions. So, I mean, you put a guy that has an interception problem in a high interception offense, you're going to have a shit ton of turnovers like Jameis had in Bruce Arians' offense. Now he's going to a much safer, much more dink and dunk offense, kind of just let you get your groove early in the game, a lot of short throws, a lot of completions, and then you take one to two shots at the you know, at the uh, prime time of the game when like you feel that it's the right time to take them. And Jameis can make that throw, but when you ask him to make them consistently over and over and over and over and over again in the game, he does make mistakes because he just kind of likes to let it go a little bit too much. But this year... 
in that offense. It's going to keep him way more held back, way more on the restraints. I expect him to have a great season, probably a two and a half to three to one touchdown to interception ratio, looking for like a 35 to like 11 to 12 interceptions or sorry. Uh, yeah, like 11 to 12, maybe 12 to 15 interceptions with like 35, 40 touchdowns. But I do like Jameis this year a lot. Expect him to have a big year. The last team total that I'm taking, Jets under six and a half, minus 135. Kind of like the Lions. I just I don't understand how this is at six and a half. I mean, you lose Sam Darnold, you bring in Zach Wilson. I guess people think that Zach Wilson might be what their answer is, but I mean that offense at BYU is not creative enough and not nearly deep enough like an NFL playbook. It's gonna take him a while to learn it. And he just he looks really young. And I mean, you saw that on draft night. I don't feel good about Zach Wilson. We talked about it the last one. I don't like him as a draft pick. So I just think Jets under six and a half is a very good uh, bet this year. I could see them winning two, three games tops. Moving on to individual awards. Um, MVP, I kind of hinted at it earlier talking about the Rams. I'm taking Matthew Stafford plus 1600 to win the MVP. I really, really, really like this pick. You know, I mean, Matt Stafford, he's always been able to put up the numbers. He's always had the stats, but he just he cannot get the wins that he needs to put himself in that MVP conversation. Well, now he has it. He's going to win 11 or 12 games this year, and he's going to put up probably better stats than he's ever put up in his entire career in Sean McVay's offense. And I'm just I'm looking so much forward to watching that dude. I've loved Matthew Stafford. That dude's a fucking warrior. There's no one that is more like football in a human body than that man. I mean, that man fights through injuries like no other human can on a football field. And uh, I just love him. And I'm expecting him to have a massive season comeback player of the year. I think if you take both these guys uh, for a unit, you're basically locking yourself in for at least small winnings or maybe a pretty good payday. Uh, I hate Prescott, but whenever you have a a quarterback that has a major injury from the year before, especially one like really gruesome, like Dax, it's always a high candidate to win comeback player of the year. Uh, Now Joe Burrow's also won. But I, he kind of got hurt like five or six games in, and I kind of think that Joe's still a little too young to win the comeback player of the year. Uh, that sounds a little silly, but they just they usually give it to guys that have been in the league a little while longer. And I just think giving it to a guy that was a rookie last year that barely even played to give him comeback player of the year is kind of silly. First, you have to be there before you can have a comeback. It's just like, you, I mean, you got to perform before you have your comeback, right? doesn't make much sense to give a guy a comeback player of the year for a dude that played five games total in his entire NFL career. Uh, So the other person that I like for that is Saquon Barkley plus 600 running backs. Their lifespan in the NFL is a little bit shorter. So even though he's only been in the league for a couple of years, it feels like he's been in the league for much longer. Um, And I think he's going to have a massive season. It's going to be very difficult to stop him. Uh, I mean, they just got Kenny Galladay on the team. They still got Sterling Shepard. Uh, They still got that tight end that can't fucking catch a ball. Can't think of his name right now. But anyways, I mean, they got a lot of talent around the team. So I'm expecting uh, Saquon to have a massive season. And I think that's even more of a given than Dak Prescott to have a great season. So I think that taking uh, Dak is almost like a safety blanket just in case he does play really well. So take that for a unit at plus 175 and then take Saquon at plus 600 and just know that he's going to have a massive year. And hope that the that they give him the award over Dak. Uh, moving on to defensive player of the year, uh, I'm going there. You know, there's a couple givens. 
You know, I mean, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, those guys. I, I mean, Aaron Donald, I just don't see winning it again. He's won it so many times. I mean, I get you put a massive stats, you're going to win it. But if someone can have a massive season, they'll give it to him over that. Uh, Miles Garrett, I think he's going to have a great year. But the one that I really, really like, I haven't said yet, Chase Young plus 1,600. That Washington football team defensive line is probably the best defensive line in all football. You really can't double-team anybody. If you do double-team Chase Young, you're going to get torn up by the other three on the line. So you kind of have to stay man-on-man, one-on-one, and just hope you can hang with them. And that's just not going to happen with Chase Young. And so I really expect Chase Young to kind of have his breakout season. And he was so good last year in his rookie year. So talented. I mean, he just got a little more time to learn, a little time to get a little bit better, a little stronger. And I think it's going to be his time to be like, hey, I am just behind Aaron Donald and maybe Miles Garrett, but I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be ahead of Miles Garrett considered talent wise, and uh, I just think he's gonna win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, he he's just so much fun to watch. Moving on to Defensive Rookie of the Year, I like Micah Parsons plus five hundred. Love taking a linebacker to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Get all those tackles, maybe get an interception or two, maybe force a fumble or two, recover a fumble or two. Linebackers are just, they're so active in football. They make so many plays that they just, they constantly rack up stats. And I also think it really helps that he plays for the Cowboys. And I mean, you can say that the Cowboys aren't great, but they bring so much to the sport and they still bring so much attention to the sport that if a player plays well on their team, they're going to get a lot more recognition than someone playing really well in Jacksonville. So Micah Parsons plus 500 win defensive rookie of the year. If he plays, equally as good as anyone else for defensive rookie of the year he will win it just because he's on the Dallas Cowboys and he has that more recognition and then offensive rookie of the year this is another one where I think if you take these two guys I feel really good about one of these two winning um, before I say those Justin Fields I just don't really think he he's like the second favorite odds I just don't think he's going to start the season so it's going to be really tough for him to win, even if he does get in five or six games into the year. I just don't think that's going to be enough time to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. So I'm going with Trevor Lawrence, plus 300. I mean, he's the number one overall player. He's the quarterback. If he has a good season, even like a 25 touchdown, 10, 12 interception type season, just kind of a game manager season, I still think he'll win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But the one that I really like with a little value included Najee Harris plus 800. Motherfucker can run the goddamn football. And Pittsburgh is going to want to run the fucking football this year. They're going to work him. They're just He's going to be their workhorse. And they're just going to work him to death. And I expect him to have a massive season. Probably break over 1,000 yards. And so if none of the other quarterbacks can perform, I think Najee Harris is the clear winner of the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Speaking of the other quarterbacks... Uh, Trey Lance, once again, uh, he might start over there in San Francisco. But if he does start, he's going to have six games against some really hard teams in that division. And I also don't think he will be starting this year. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will probably catch the first couple games and then they'll force him out. But just like that Justin Fields situation, you don't play the whole season. You may not be able to win Offensive Rookie of the Year over someone that does. And then Zach Wilson, um, I'm not going to continue with my Zach Wilson slander. I just fucking hate the kid. Uh, just does not seem like he belongs in the NFL. Doesn't seem like he has like the mental fortitude to stay in the NFL. Seems scared to be there, and I don't think he's going to enjoy having 350-pound dudes smacking into him every five plays for the New York Jets. 
moving on to our division winners predictions. Um, there are a couple chalk ones here, but I got a couple interesting ones that I really like. So to get us started, we're going to start in the NFC West. Obviously, I'm taking their over. I'm taking their quarterback to win MVP. I'm taking the Rams plus 190 to win the NFC West. Um, there's a lot of really good football teams out there in the NFC West, and I do think Seattle, San Francisco, Arizona, mainly Seattle and San Francisco, though, have a chance at winning that division, especially I think Jimmy G's going to come back. If he can. If he starts the year, I think he's going to have a good year. I mean, the dude wins football games. Everyone hates him, but he does win football games. Um, so I, I'm a, a little bit worried about San Francisco and Seattle, but I just think that the Rams are going to have too much talent this year, and Matthew Stafford is going to be the best quarterback in that division this year, even ahead of Russell Wilson. So I like the Rams plus 190. Moving on, NFC South. The Bucks are minus 200, so I don't really want to touch that. Uh, so I guess if I have to give out a pick, um, I'm not going to be taking this. Saints plus 300. I do think it's some good value. Like I said, I mean, I, I just really think that Jameis is going to have a really good year. The Falcons and uh, Carolina, they're not going to do anything in that division this year. It's going to be a two-legged race. The Saints still have so much talent on that football team, and now that they have someone that can spread the football around the entire football field and spread the defense out a little bit more, I do think that that's going to really create some problems that people didn't realize like teams didn't have to deal with without Drew Brees. I mean, the casual fan doesn't just realize how much Drew Brees actually held back the Saints last year. I mean, their offense was cut in to a third, into a quarter of what it could be with Drew Brees on the football field. I I love Drew as a player. He's awesome, but I, he needed to retire like before last year. I mean, his shaking his shoulder after every throw, shaking his arm out after every throw that goes more than five yards. It's like, dude, why are you still out here? You're just killing yourself. Anyways, Saints plus 300. If the Bucks don't win that division. It will be the Saints. So if you want to take a little flyer with some plus money, Saints plus 300. Moving on to the NFC North. Got to take the Packers minus 140. Um, still believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. And that's all that it really says. Lions, dead football team. Minnesota, they're not winning the division with Kirk. And if Andy Dalton starts, which I think he might for at least a couple games, even if he doesn't, if Justin Fields starts, there's just going to be too many rookie mistakes and stuff that happen for them to end up winning that division. So I think the Packers will comfortably win the NFC North by probably two games or so. NFC East, um, I am taking Washington plus 260 to win that division again. Now, I know there's not too many times where teams repeat in that division. It does not happen very often. The NFC East is probably the craziest division in the NFL when it comes to different teams winning the division every year. But... I just their defensive line, like I said when I was talking about Chase Young, it's probably the best defensive line in all the NFL, and their defense in general is up there with the best defenses in the NFL, probably top three for sure. And that's probably more important than any of like the offensive pieces of any other team in that division. Like the Giants, I mean, they got a lot of offensive pieces, but Daniel Jones is still going to make mistakes. Cowboys, I think that. Their offensive line is going to become a real issue towards the middle and end of the year. And I just think they got a couple too many holes on the team. I just, the Redskins defense can win them so many games just by how dominant and good they are. I mean, they did it last year. I think they can do it again this year. So, uh, or sorry, Washington football team, not the Redskins. 
Washington football team plus 260. Moving on to the AFC uh, AFC South, Colts minus 105. Once again, it's the Colts and the Titans in this division this year. The Jaguars and the Texans are probably going to be two dead football teams this year. Not, I mean, Jacksonville's going to win five, six games maybe with Trevor Lawrence. Houston's probably not even going to win over four um, unless Deshaun does end up playing. It doesn't seem like he will end up playing. But Colts minus 105. Uh, AFC North, I'm taking the Ravens plus 125. They've gotten some receivers for uh, Lamar Jackson to throw to. They just got Rashad Bateman in the draft, and there's rumors that they're trading for Julio. Um, whoever trades for Julio, if it's the Ravens or the Patriots or someone like that, that can make them a real you know, deep run in the playoff type contender because there's multiple teams that are really, really good, Titans as well, that could use just one more offensive piece to kind of really put them over that bump. And I think the Ravens more than anybody is that team. I think if the Ravens got him, it would be the biggest bump out of anyone um, besides maybe the Packers. I think the Packers would probably be another spot for Julio to land. That would be nuts. But AFC North Ravens plus 125. I think they're going to have another big year this year. I think that they're going to probably go 14 and three ish, 13 and four ish. I mean, they're, they're really good. Lamar doesn't make much mistakes in the regular season. It, it'll just be interesting to see how they play once they reach the playoffs. AFC East, I got to do it. I'm taking my Pats plus 350. Bill Belichick going to climb the mountain again, take over the top of the division again, shock the world, send the Bills back down to the fucking dirt. Um, they they Like I said, they brought back everybody. I mean, I'm just repeating myself at this point. They brought back everybody from the defense last year. And I think that's the difference between three to four games last year, which would have ended up having the Pats have 10 or 11 wins. So I think the Pats do actually have a pretty good shot this year at that division. Uh, now moving on, NFC champion. I'm taking the Rams plus 600 to win the NFC. Um, I, I just love them. I'm not going to continue to talk about how much I love them, but I do. Ravens plus 650 to win the AFC. So I got a Ravens-Rams Super Bowl. And then I'm taking the Los Angeles Rams plus 1,300 to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I think this trade is the key piece to them winning the Super Bowl. And I would love to see Matthew Stafford get a Super Bowl. I talked about how much I loved him. I think they still got enough defensive pieces to make it work. And I think that Matt was the final missing piece to the offense. He's going to make everything click, even if someone goes down like Cooper Cup. The offense is not going to fall apart just because Cooper Cup isn't there anymore like it did with Jared Goff. So looking forward to the season. Cannot fucking wait for football to finally get here. I'm sure North will want to give out some predictions at some point when he gets back. And uh, we'll definitely get back into the NFL as it gets closer. But until then, peace out. And uh, hopefully these fucking futures are some winners because MLB is looking all right but I feel so good about these future picks in the NFL almost too good but let's go